I, for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Gentleman Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. Robert, you are uh, recording live from uh, Pandora, right? We are not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> we were on Pandora. <laughs> um, and that's a famous line from Avatar 2. That's yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm live. I'm on the road. I actually just got a message from my wife that said the internet is back, uh, whatever that means. Uh, so now I'm debating whether I should start walking. Uh, yeah. I can't, I can't really transfer the call mid record. I don't think, I guess I could drop out of the zoom and get back on. You could drop out. Maybe yeah. we should. Why don't should we... we just start fresh? No, no, I like this. No, I think this is a cool episode <laughs> idea. Yeah. And I think I could, I could literally, we could start going through it. Here's, I, can, I can do my movies. Here's what I think and we then should do. While yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. And then while we do like TV shows, you can do that. But we should also do like a man on the street thing with you. Like I think oh, you should interview. Okay. Yeah. See what like people All over there I, have seen. I'm looking also. for the biggest a- Avatar fan around. Yeah. Somebody. I'm looking for like, I'm looking for braids. I'm yeah. looking for like. <laughs> somebody um, who's in spider cosplay. Like, lots of beads and like, like thongs made out of like leaves and stuff. Yeah. Someone who's cut it's off always, a finger to fit in sure yeah i'm seeing lots of demon blood people they all have five fingers oh no fuck yeah. i hate that um, this all is all and this is all good stuff once you guys have watched avatar 2 because i know how people listen to this podcast and they start it up they hear oh what's i wonder what they're going to talk about i didn't look at the title <laughs> and then once they have confirmed the movie they stop it watch the whole thing and come on back that's right so, that's these all these jokes right. are gonna hit all right robert what Movies have you seen after I play the movies we've seen theme song. Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something breakfast. Movies we've seen. Robert, what movies have you seen? Movies I've seen. I watched for, I want to say it's the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. I watched, you guessed it, Star Wars. No, I watched Jurassic Park. Um, I mean, I, I, it's weird because I look back at my list and I didn't think I had watched it this year. But it feels like I talked about it on the pod recently. Maybe maybe someone else saw it and I was commenting on it. Um, and I feel like every time I bring it up, it's it's just kind of the same song and dance. Like, what can you say? It's... Uh, the damn near perfect movie for me. It, it it captures my imagination. It did when I was a kid, and it still looks amazing. And it's such a fun and uh, like it feels realistic. It feels like how it would be if there was a, a dinosaur theme park, um, albeit a, a poorly planned one. I'll never get over John Hammond saying "spared no expense" multiple times in the film, and then. There's the line, I told you we should have put locking mechanisms on the vehicle door. <laughs> it's like, that should be stamped. Like, you'd have to pay extra to not have that come on a car, right? Yeah. So that's wild to me. Um, but what a movie. Uh, there is a, there's that ILM uh, series on Disney Plus that I, I think I've mentioned to you guys before. And there's a whole chunk about um, Phil Tippett, who did a lot of the amazing effects for 
Star Wars movies and different other uh, other ILM projects, Willow and whatnot. And he was trying to do stop motion dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. He had uh, there's like scenes, sort of unfinished scenes with the raptors and the T Rex. And when he saw the footage that they got, the computer graphics that they developed, he was like stunned and like impressed, but also like he was like, "I'm out of a job now. Like I'm I don't think I'll work again because this is what they can make, and it just looks it's on a different level." Mm-hmm. So kind of a a somber moment for him but and i gotta admit i don't think it, it just wouldn't have worked the same way it would have looked more like a ray harryhausen movie it just wouldn't have had the same feel so i'm sad for Tippett, but i'm glad it it, it went the way it did have, uh have you seen any of the um like i've seen a couple of videos where people will uh increase the frame rate on stop motion and make it look a lot smoother mm. just do that like you know, uh, when you have your TV with the wrong settings, Andrew, the mm-hmm. incorrect settings. Why are you, why are you, it, why are you pointing it at fills me it. specifically for this? <laughs> it fills in. We know, we know you've got the smoking smoothing on. <laughs> but, Listen, yeah. I think it's great for sports, and I think that's about it. And you're a cretin who uh, don't have it off otherwise. <laughs> but it's kind of neat with the stop motion because it like takes some of these like older, uh, older films that have this in it, and it just kind of updates it a little bit and, and sure. gives, gives it a, a bit more smoothing it gives it puts it on par with the uh frame rate of the people around it that are moving right especially mm-hmm. when you have the stop motion interacting with people interesting see i want to do a movie where you slow down a little bit and everyone looks like claiming ah, like live action people that'd be cool um so anyway yeah watch that um and then there was a couple movies i watched uh i watched one on the plane flying back from uh boston recently and then I saw a part of another one, so I finished it at home. That was Creed Three and John Wick Chapter Four. Ooh. Uh, Creed Three was, um, uh, I want to say, the directorial debut of uh, why? Why is his name escaping me? Michael B. Jordan. It's Michael B. Jordan. Um, so his first movie, I liked it. Uh, I didn't love it. I think the other two are better, but based I also on, think it's like a based on the marketing. Were you surprised to see Jonathan Majors in the movie since they completely removed him from all marketing after a certain point? Uh, no, I mean, I remember the initial marketing and you see him like he's the size of a house, like you right. know, doing pull-ups on the beach and it's just like insane. Um, and I think the whole, the whole thing is like, he's, you know, swoops in and gets this heavyweight title and then Michael B. Jordan, folks up so we can so we can fight him um i but but i was what i was gonna say is even though i don't think it was my favorite of those movies i do think it's a decent like cap to that sort of trilogy Mm -hmm. um assuming that it's it kind of left itself in a place of like all right this is where it ends and i guess they could pick it up and uh he's got a daughter in the movie so like i think they could also pick it back up some point and like have him be the she's now the mentor of his daughter or whatever yeah um but I, I guess time will tell. And then old, um, old Sly Stallone still finds his way to, hey, well, yep. maybe I should train the kid. Exactly. Hey, brisk. He likes that, right? Oh, that I fucking whatever. forgot about those <laughs> those campaign ads. With it. What was it? That was also like Claymation, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Kind of a, kind of a celebrity death match, match-ish. Um, and then the other movie I mentioned, John Wick 4, John Wick Chapter 4, I don't know why they dropped the dumb subtitle for this one because it was John Wick, John Wick Chapter Two, 
John Wick 3 Parabellum. And then they were like, fuck it. We'll just go back to just number four. I wonder if like a bunch um, of people made fun of them for Parabellum and they were like, okay. It's, well. It was it was pointless. And they say the word in the movie and they say what the word means, but it just didn't. I just don't think it needed that. And I wish more movies had clear uh, naming conventions like the Spider-Mans are also confusing because you don't know which home is which or whatever. And I don't know. I, I appreciate the attempt at the, at the theming of it all, but it makes it a campaign in the ass when you're just looking at them all on the screen. Uh, I Another movie that I liked, but it was really hyped up. Like I, everyone who went and saw it in the theaters was really all about it. And I thought it was good, but I thought I was feeling its length a little bit. And it, it, it didn't have, it felt like there was just large chunks without John Wick in it where it was just all these other sort of characters being established and talking it out. And it, I don't know, it was just kind of weird. There is a really incredible scene though, even if this isn't my favorite of them, where it's following John Wick through this uh, building and the camera's kind of like slowly like pulling up over the walls and kind of like at one point, like completely tracking him from above, like you're doing like a top down shooter. And uh, while he's like going from room to room, killing people, he has one of those, shotguns that has explode like fire shells like a dragon breath shotgun uh-huh. so like truly like chunka chunka and then like you see someone just get blasted and then like engulfed in flames and then like falling down the stairs and it is it is such a great scene like if you if you even watch just one part of the movie make it that chunk because it's so so good um but i enjoyed it and another one where they hmm trying to choose my words carefully they ended it in a way where i was like if this is where it ended like that would be pretty good but I just don't believe they'll, they won't go back to that. Well, um, I imagine that they probably have, there's enough weird side characters that they could do spinoffs, but I feel like they would, I feel like Reeves will be back for five or six or whatever, however many they want to do. And John Wick um, has a daughter in it that he's maybe going to train to be the main character of John Wick chapter. Yeah. Five, he was like, right? Oh, right. I had a daughter. And he's like, I left her. I don't know why he's now fully like, uh, <laughs> like a surfer dude. Again. Yeah. And then eventually, <laughs> Hey, maybe I should train the kid. Oh, Stallone. Um, the last one before I, I make my journey home and hopefully reconnect on a secure line uh, was uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. This felt like rewatching that movie. I'm making that sound really loud in public, so I, I realize now. Hey, what's that? Um, uh, what should I do with that theater over there? Uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I it's such a great movie. When's the last time you guys watched that? It's such a great Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah. Um It's been a long time. Wow. I would say probably more than ten years for sure. Dang. Super revisit. I, the sequel's good too. I just don't think it's as charming. I love the I love the kind of globe trotting aspect of it uh in, in the first one. Um but it's really funny and I just do wonder if anyone was exposed to it who didn't wasn't familiar with Pee Wee growing up, what they would think. Uh, careful when you say exposed around Pee Wee Herman. Mm. 
motherfucker, he was alone in the, he was in the theater. He was doing what he, he was, was supposed to be doing. He was in a fucking jack off theater. Like, who cares? It's just yeah. It is. It it's is so a, annoying. It's so annoying that like that would be a non thing. Oh, it's it's like, such a non story, right? Yeah. If it happened yeah. right now, it would be gone the next day. But that's unfortunate. Like, like the implication lack. is like, oh, he was a children's entertainer, and that was like lascivious of him to do. And it's like on his own damn time. Like, you don't think he also like has intercourse with people? Or whatever? He also like, wasn't in like Pee Wee Regalia when he did it. You know, like he's. Yeah. Fucking Paul Rubens. It's just, yeah. Yeah. So super annoying, but the movie is great. Um, it was weird though. When they, when they busted him, they said, uh, you are, uh, you're in violation of, uh, of, uh, exposing yourself. Ah! You said the magic word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I also thought it was, word. I thought it was weird that they, they filmed an intro to AMC with him in the theater by himself. <laughs> The movies are back, but it's Pee Wee jacking off. Yeah. This is why I oh, watch yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes movies, movies feel jacktastic in a place like this. It's Paul um, Rubens. It's Paul so, Rubens and the ghost of um oh fuck, what's his name? From uh, uh Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, yeah. <laughs> no, the I don't the other guy who ghost. got busted at a porno theater. The um he's in like oh, um, Mighty Wind and Oh God, I can't remember his name now, but he's a great actor. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. This isn't Eugene Levy, is it? No, no, but he's worked with Eugene Levy. He's a, <laughs> he's got the he's got the game showish uh, kind of quality. Oh, we're such bad. Andrew, you should be looking this up. I'm I am a, trying. I'm, a, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep thinking it's Eugene Levy until you tell me otherwise. <laughs> Sorry, Eugene. As soon as the name, as soon as I see it, I'm gonna feel like a fucking idiot. Um, keep going. Anyways, well. And anyways, uh, I'm going to start walking back while we're looking at that important tidbit because those are the movies that I have seen. Fantastic. Max, what about you? Uh, I actually watched quite a bit this time around. Um, Max? Yeah, I know. Shame on me. Uh, I watched. <laughs> yeah, I was, that was, it was a shameful Max. It was like, <laughs> what are you doing, dude? Oh, Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Fred Willard. Thank you so much. I, I that's not one that you should be ashamed of not knowing. I, I feel like. I don't is, know. He's a big comedic actor. I feel like he's, he was operating quite a bit in stuff that we all watched I, the last five, 10 years. I mean, I bet if I saw him, I would recognize him, but Fred Willard is not the like uh household name that Eugene Levy is. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I recognize him. <laughs> so, so he's banked it in the theater. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I watched I so. murder on the Orient express and I watched Death on the Nile, the sequel. With um, enough champagne to fill the Nile. <laughs> I think, like, the two of them have kind of opposite problems from the murder mystery. Like, one of them is the ending is so obtuse that um, you, like, shouldn't be expected to put any of it together. Like they, they reveal all the information at the very end, mm. right? Like, Oh, okay. So all of this stuff fits together because blah, 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 blah. And then it still doesn't make sense. So like, if you guessed it, you would have been guessing like that things shouldn't wrap up cleanly, but you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's a huge stretch. What, it, what it ends up being, you know, uh, I just saw a clip uh, it was like in a video essay for something else, but they were talking. It was a clip from Austin Powers too, where uh, Austin's like asking Basil oh, Exposition when he's asking Basil Exposition about like how uh, Elizabeth Hurley's character could have been a fembot, uh -huh. and uh, Basil Exposition goes, 
you know, Austin, I find it's probably best if you don't think about it too much. And then he looks dead in camera and says, and that goes for all of you as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where the, the more you think about it at the end, the more it's like, well, what the, what the fuck? And like, did <laughs> it, I don't know. Also like every single time, uh, this guy's a detective, but he kind of like lets some criminals go that should not be let go. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. The, the, well, like, he only has one pair of handcuffs, so. Yeah. He's good. Like, you've got your opinion. You've got your reasons for it. So, like, in in both movies, murder's just fine. I, like, that's all right. I want to say, I want to say Death on the Nile, too. It, didn't it at one point have, like, multiple kind of canceled? It has, like, multiple canceled people in it, kind of, right? Like, well, it's got, I think, uh, I think there are a couple of Army Hammers Army in Hammer, there. Yeah. Army Hammers in there. You got... Uh, I think Letitia Wright was in there and she wasn't, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously some black, free, if, uh, black Panther. And, and of course, uh, Army, Hammer's, person. Army Hammer's twin brother from uh, the social the social network is also in it. So that's true. <laughs> it was weird. They, they didn't need to give him a role. But, um, but yeah, Death, Death on the Nile is more predictable. Like, I, I think from the very intro of the characters, you're like, nope, they did it. <laughs> like this this is how they did it mm-hmm. and then it all kind of plays out exactly that way um but both of them have star power even though like a lot of it is uh oh like mario what you're 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 next to qfc he said he said uh i believe it was a star power joke in that a star power up he said oh like mario I see. Very, very good. I'm, uh, I was able to. I was able I'm, to translate. I'm glad that sort of came through. Yeah. I'm, I'm, coming, tra- I'm about. I'm about. Home. All right. Thanks Robert, for trying, so Robert. long. Thanks see you, see you later, buddy. We'll, we'll talk to you when you're home. Um, this transfer can happen here in a few minutes. You guys, you guys keep talking. Okay. Goodbye. We'll goodbye, try, Robert. Try. Just stop talking over us. Um, the like the the first movie, especially, I feel like just keeps throwing people out like you've already been introduced to an entire cast and then the dame judy dent shows up with olivia coleman standing right behind her and then willem dafoe shows up and like Mm -hmm. they just keep keep bringing people out uh the second one's also pretty stacked even though some of them are canceled and uh it's not quite exactly the same but um i don't know they're both they're both watchable, but they're not like the best murder mysteries sure. that you're gonna you're gonna see. The big twist at the end is uh you hear it from off screen. Did I hear there's a space for a recently canceled actor? <laughs> Mind if I join in here? Team up of the century. <laughs> Army Hammer and Kevin Spacey finally. Is that what yeah? It was, was. Uh, it was Kevin Spacey from House of Cards, whatever his fucking Frank. Oh, is that what it was? Frank Underwood, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did I hear? I, I misread that. I thought you were talking about murder mystery, and this was uh, uh, Daniel Craig coming in from. Oh, that game. Glass Onion. Hopefully, hopefully that'll happen too. I'm not sure if he's done anything wrong, but I'm no, I don't sure think he has. So. <laughs> can't he? Can't have. Not it's only a matter Daniel of time. Uh, let's see. I also watched The Lost King which is based on a true story uh, starring the mother from Paddington and Paddington 2 and Shape of Water, uh, so forth. And uh, it's the story of a woman who, like, kind of... There he is. Obsessed. Wow. Hey, welcome back, Robert. Uh, so she kind of becomes obsessed with uh, King Richard the Third. 
um, and uh, like uh, the the Shakespeare's portrayal of him, and I guess history's portrayal of him as being uh, kind of evil, and uh, there are a couple of murders that are pinned on him, and she's convinced that they're not true. And then in order to clear up his name, she wants to find his body, essentially, and, and gets a little bit obsessed with finding the body that was never found because it was they thought he was uh, thrown into a river, essentially. But uh, eventually, this is this is true story, so I think I can uh, spoil the ending or whatever. Um, but they find his body buried under a car park or essentially like his body was buried. And then they built a, uh, for American folks here, that's a parking lot that was like, uh, huh? pa- paved over him. And so they, they find him under there and, and uncover him. And then like, uh, this, a college that barely did any to help out kind of like takes the credit for it. The interesting thing is after watching it, um, Jenny looked up some other information on it and uh, like there were a lot of other people who were involved and who had the same idea that he might be buried under that uh, uh, parking lot. And um, they weren't really given their credit in the movie about how her credit was kind of overwritten. But like, it's an interesting movie. I think it's cool. I think it's, you know, crazy that they went on that search and, and uh, found where, where he was buried uh, and then got it through. It seems like a lot of that stuff is so hard to, you know, to convince somebody that it's going to be worth doing this thing, mm-hmm. you know, that you can bury it up or that you're not crazy for thinking that some uh, king is buried underneath a parking lot and all that. Uh, so kind of neat. I also watched Donkey Skin, which it's a French movie from 70s-ish, probably 60s, 70s. Um, surreal fairy tale. It starts off kind of like a story of Trump as a king trying to marry his own daughter because she's the fairest in the land. Um, when his wife dies and she says, uh, you can marry again, but don't marry anyone who's less beautiful than me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so he he ends up finding his daughter is the only one in the kingdom more beautiful than the mom. And then he tries to marry her. And then she goes to her um, aunt who's a fairy and she tries to get her out of it from, so she doesn't have to marry. It's, it's a weird movie. It's pretty interesting though. Some cool visuals. Um, Yeah. It's a fun, odd one Mm -hmm. and Hmm. uh, a little bit cheeky. And a little bit interesting and um, a little bit interesting. What am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know, man. I've... But anyway, I recommend checking that one out. I think it's pretty fun. Yeah. Another, the next one I watched is not that great. It's called Needle in a Time Stack. And it's Oh, God. Of... Did you watch it? I didn't watch it. But at the time when the trailer came out, I think it was just lampooned for that title. Yeah, it's a bad title and it's not a great movie. Um. Yeah, it, there's they with time travel, right? You you kind of have to set up your rules and then stick to them. Not something that they did. It just does not make any fucking sense how they travel through time. And it's a story about kind of like a love, not triangle, quad quadrangle, what square, love square, 
Um, Quadrangle, otherwise known as a square. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's... You thinking about shapes now, buddy? I I am thinking about shapes. I'm like, wait, what's a rhombus? Um, But uh, it has Orlando Bloom in it and a lady who I think played Harriet Tubman. And anyway, it's not great. It doesn't make too much sense. If you think about it too much, you'll kind of just get confused. People with enough money are able to go back in time, but they can't, they, there's all these rules. You can't intentionally change the past, but apparently there's nothing stopping you from doing it. And like no way to verify that you did it. And it's just like honor system pretty much it seems like but they it seems like there's time time crimes and you can get caught for it people have gone to jail but like every single person in the movie who goes back in time commits a time crime with no repercussions except for the fact that it changes all of history for every not for everyone equally either it's like really stupid but there's this visual of water splashing through everyone gets hit by this like thing coming through and then they're just like okay does everyone remember what's going on like am am i still married to my wife is is all this stuff happening and then over time they slowly forget but you can pass notes to yourself back in time you can i it none of it makes any sense i wouldn't recommend this movie um yeah but it had some decent performances but not worth it overall i don't think the the plot and definitely not the way they uh dealt with with time travel didn't really stack up. Then I watched two wrestling movies, both WWE, sorry, uh, Andrew, <gasps> but um, I watched fighting with my family. Oh, that one's good. I like that one. Florence Pugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like it, maybe I knew that at one point and then forgot about it yeah. and then was like shocked when I heard about it again. And then it's also got uh, Nick Frost. It's also got Lena Hetty. Is mm-hmm. that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's uh, in Game of Thrones, the queen in Game of Thrones. Robert, mm-hmm. you got a name for Cersei. me. Cersei. Cersei, that's right. Uh, and then also the one of the main guys from Slow Horses is the brother mm-hmm. in that. And um, yeah, I thought it was a really fun movie. Um, it was it was interesting kind of showing the the life of Paige the wrestler how she went from england and tried out for the wwe her brother also tried out and didn't make it and kind of like the family that grew up on wrestling grasping with the fact that one of them was going to get a shot at their ultimate dream of Mm -hmm. being in the wwe uh and the rest kind of had to live vicariously through her and then what kind of pressure does that put on her and yeah it was an interesting story uh touching moments and just pretty much fun some decent cameos mm-hmm. big show and uh Seamus the rock is in it and then Miz walks by <laughs> yeah the rock is like the reason why the movie got made because he was like very interested in the the night family and so like he had like he was basically the driver between that becoming like a full fledged feature. Wow. And he was like, do you guys like Terramana tequila? Could I work that in the movie <laughs> yeah. somewhere? And I think the balance of power is about to shift in the <laughs> WWE universe. They mentioned Vin Diesel in the movie. He, it- so like, uh, okay. <laughs> and what is it? What do you mean? They mentioned Vin Diesel. What does that mean? 
So I don't know where this takes place before the whole uh, Fast and the Furious feud. I want to say bef- before. Before, it's right? Before. It had to be yeah. before. Okay. But um, so The Rock calls up the family, right? Um, before Paige goes on stage. And um, he's basically like, hey, it's The Rock. And the dad doesn't believe him. And he goes like, yeah, right. And I'm Vin Diesel. And then The Rock says, I hope not. And then the dad hangs up on him. <laughs> and then like, he goes, I mean, well, wait, it was talking to Vin Diesel. They've, yeah. They have had, I mean, they've, they've sort of butted heads ever since like Fast Five. But I think that it wasn't until recently they were like, you're fucking out. But now it seems like he's back in. So. Uh, the last thing I heard was that they had, they had buried the hatchet. And I hope that's true. But uh, there was some definitely some weirdness there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that it also showed up like uh, earlier than they even met each other potentially. Um, but yeah, good movie overall. I also watched, uh, animated movie called rumble, which is a WWE three, like 3d animated joint Mm -hmm. Pixar style of, uh, Kaiju wrestling, like big monster battles. So like, yeah, Kaiju monsters come to earth or hatch from the earth or something. There are monsters on earth. And so like, they're basically just put into wrestling matches and they have human coaches and they make money putting on performances. And so there's this town called Stoker that used to have the the biggest and the best uh, monster and coach and they went missing. And then, um, and then the, the daughter of the coach has to go and like, has to go and find a new monster to take the place. Otherwise they're going to trash the the stadium and build a parking lot or for British listeners, a a car park. And, um, but it's a pretty cute movie. It's got some really funny parts. I would say the animation's pretty damn good. uh, Considering I don't, I don't know if it's one of the big names. It's kind of like WWE getting its own animation studio. Mm Mm-hmm whatever but it didn't seem like low quality or anything like that uh will arnett does the voice of the main monster and uh it's kind of cute yeah it's funny i would check it out Mm -hmm. if you're into an animated giant monster wrestling uh movie cool if i'm into that okay (laughs) i I mean if i into that that genre yeah uh, but that's it for me, Andrew. How, how about you? What have you seen? Um, well, first, I would I would recommend if people like kaiju's and wrestling, check out Kaiju Big Battle, which is a wrestling federation where it is kaiju's in a ring wrestling. It's it's yeah. very fun. It's, I have watched that. It it's interesting, it's, and yeah. I think they also have a a video game. I think they were at least kickstarting, or they they started something on Kickstarter. I don't know if it ever came to fruition, but um, I'll look that up while you talk. Yeah. I watched A League of Their Own, which uh great movie. Nice. Um yeah, I I think everybody's seen it by now if you haven't seen it. It's truly like it has to be one of our best like 100 movies ever made in America. It's just so good. It's funny, it's touching. Um great sports movie. Penny Marshall directed, Gina Davis, Tom Hanks. Um yeah, it's just it's so good. Um but the movie that I saw that I have not heard anybody else mention yet is I did watch Renfield. Ah, I did not see that. Is uh <sighs> What do I say about Renfield? 
Uh, so the the trailers for Renfield made it seem like it's because the the main draw of the movie is that it is uh, Nick Cage getting to play Dracula. Dracula, and so I think the the trailers did the movie a disservice by indicating to you that the movie is primarily Nick Holt and Nick Cage running around as Renfield and Dracula as a kind of like a two hander. Mm-hmm. And it's primarily about the titular Renfield and like Nick Cage's Dracula's in it, but he's not like the other main character. Like he's interesting. So I don't know. I think like having the expectation from the trailer of being like, Oh, we're going to see Nick Cage as a lunatic Dracula for like 90 minutes. It's going to be so fun. And the movie is fun. It's really gory. It's silly. But, like, the expectation is that you're going to see fucking nonstop Nick Cage as Dracula. And he's, you know, he's in it for roughly, like, I don't know, 50% of the movie. Um, and he's, you know, unsurprisingly, the sort of the primary antagonist of the movie because it's about a toxic relationship between Renfield and Dracula. And so you're not rooting at all for Dracula, Nick Cage's Dracula, but he's... I love the character or the actor trajectory of Nick Cage where like now he's figured out what people want to see from him and also what he wants to do with his acting gigs now. And so like he played himself in that movie with Pedro Pascal last year. And like in this movie, he gets to be fucking turned up to 11 Dracula. And like it's it's really it's it's fun. And if your expectation is right, which is that Nick Cage isn't in it a ton, it's a pretty fun movie. But if you're expecting, like, Nick Cage's Dracula just, like, hamming it up for 90 minutes, it's not that. Okay. Um, not as Cage-heavy. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is still fun. It was, it's also, I didn't realize this until I read about it later. This was a, this was the germ of an idea from the, the Dark Universe. Mm. This was supposed to be in the, in the, the Tom Cruise mummy, like, you know, that. It, it spun from an idea of that. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, this is, I mean, one, so much better than the Tom Cruise mummy. But that, like, the Invisible Man was, like, also a germ of, like, a, you know, Dark Universe idea. And now this one being, like, like they have, unfortunately, since that whole thing died, the movies that they've made that were originally a part of that have been pretty good. So. Yeah, but I think they're good because they're not. Like, I yes. think everyone's feeling the fatigue of all this connected universe shit. They don't, not everything has to be that. Yeah. Even some of the ones that are connected, like Marvel, it's getting like laborious now. It's yeah. just like hard. You feel like you have to watch everything. So I feel like the better thing to do is make a good Invisible Man fo- movie. And it's more of a, te- on a technological, you know, bend rather than supernatural or, right. you know, a potion that he drinks or some shit. Uh, do a Renfield movie where there's, you know, more of a comedic bend and, oh, the toxic relationship between you know, the master and, you know, the servant to the mm-hmm. vampire. Um, once you start having, you know, uh, Russell Crowe, Jekyll and Hyde be like, you're welcome to the dark universe. You yeah. Know, that Then it's kind of like, what are you doing? It's stupid. There's also, so, re- oh, go ahead, Max. Sorry. Speaking of Russell Crowe and connected universes that aren't connected, did you guys see the Craven trailer? Or I cra- haven't seen it yet. Oh boy. Well, number one, make sure you watch the red band one so you can see him like bury his machete into people's faces. Right. Um, it is 
such a Morbius ass looking movie. Like it, it's it, it looks just like another one of those like this is a trailer for a movie that came out in you know two thousand or whatever. Yeah. Um, I really do not see a point. It, it's in you it. know there's nothing more exciting than this villain that's sort of being has this weird redemptive arc where it's like villains aren't created they're born and like he's like my father puts evil in the world i take it out it's like no but you're you're also evil what are you talking about you're supposed to be evil too um and then of course no spider-man but they do tease hey i'm gonna spoil it before you even watch the trailer the rhino is in it no way yeah Um, and not our friend uh from the amazing spider-man movie uh, not not Giamatti. Oh yeah, well I wasn't gonna don the uh, rhino shoot one more time, so uh, yeah, I guess they got somebody else. Um, the one I will say one really funny scene from Renfield is because it's it's technic it's like supposed to be a spinoff from the like early you know like early days of film Dracula movie. Um, they have black and white footage made to look like an old style film with Nick Holt and Nick Cage as Renfield and Dracula. So like, that's a really cute, funny little thing that they were just like, Oh yeah, this footage from this, you know, like forties movie with these two actors still in it was, that was cute. It was cute. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's talk about some TV shows we've seen. TV shows we've seen. (laughs) We've seen. Uh, Robert, you said you have not seen any TV, right? I've seen an episode of uh, the Doughboys covered uh, A Star is Burns for a double. (laughs) The Simpsons, yeah. I went and watched that episode again. It's a S-tier episode. That's the one where Springfield throws a film festival. I smell it, a crappy crossover coming. (laughs) Yeah, and the credit crossover, which it's weird to be like, this is one of the best. I mean, I feel this way about so many Simpsons episodes. It is a great, it's an amazing episode. It's Mm. up there for me. Uh, and it's weird that the critic, which is a show I do enjoy, but didn't has, you know, didn't have the longevity or cultural footprint as The Simpsons, crosses over, does it well, doesn't feel like super intrusive or like Easter eggy, and is just like a fun. It's just like it just makes for a great plot to have this extra sort of character bopping around. Um, I do think it's so. Lo- I, I do think it's so funny that Matt Groening was so mad about it that he took his name off the episode. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh wait, I think maybe they mentioned. Yeah, that. they mentioned that on that Doughboys episode. But I oh, I, that's right. I had heard that it's before. Like, you they... think you'd want to take his name off a few other things before that? <laughs> yeah, um, that's the one he takes a stand on. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like great, and I love. I think it's at the end when they're they're seeing him off at the airport. Uh, the critic Jay Sherman, and he's like, "And if you ever want a guest star on my show," and then Bart's like, "Nah, we don't need. We won't be doing that." that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but an amazing episode. All the mini movies are so funny. Um, Barney's incredibly touching movie that has like effects and like aging and like all this like how did he pull this off? Don't cry um, for me, I'm already dead. Yeah, and I wow, like the, re- yeah. the reveal too that like everyone loves it, and then later on you find out it's called, is it called, Pucahontas? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's really good. But I'm not gonna just sit here and, and quote the whole thing back. It's uh, it's an excellent episode. If yeah. anyone is, if you're a fan of The Simpsons, you know it well. And if you're not, what are you waiting for? So that that's my TV I've seen yeah. effectively. Max, what about you? Uh, I saw some Black Lady sketch show. Always good. Uh, and also finished off the last season of Barry, which goes kind of nuts. It's it, it. There's an especially weird turn in the um, middle of the season that seems 
dreamlike and then isn't and hmm. um I thought yeah. this I thought the same thing about the end of season one. Like when the uh you know, I don't want to get too spoiler having case people who have like just waited to like catch up on Barry or something and haven't watched any of it and want to watch it all at once or something, but like when the the there's like a big story thing that happens towards the like at the end of season one and then they like cut to Barry and um what's his girlfriend's name, Sally? Mm-hmm. Are like at that cabin with uh henry winkler and the detective and the way that it like transitioned i was like is this like a dream sequence like what am i watching and then it turned out to be real then too i was like so i that's interesting that they pulled it off again it's a (laughs) show so you fit you fully finished it yeah i did it's a show that i i started watching and then just fell off like a few episodes it wasn't that i didn't like it i just didn't get back to it and Mm -hmm. i do want to watch all of it i did have like the ending spoiled, like someone tweeted something or I saw something where I was like, well, that's annoying that I know that, but uh, I still plan on, on diving in because Hey, it's more about the journey, right? I, yeah, I really don't think there is any, cause I don't know what got spoiled, but I don't think there is any, it's a big, big thing. I mean, I bet it is, but it turns out he's Barry Allen and it's a crossover (laughs) with the flash movie. Enters the speed force before he he, uh, hit man's people. Yeah, last season he's entirely played by Ezra Miller. It's uh, it was hard to watch. <laughs> Not a great decision after all. <laughs> I don't know why they picked to do that at this time. Um, but no, still, still Bill Hader, <laughs> no Ezra Miller anywhere in it. Um, and yeah, I don't think there's any one thing though specifically that that would ruin the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you could have the big thing spoiled and still have a ton of just like, whoa, sure. what the fuck? I, that I recognize that because I, I also like, I also sort of had in my head that like, I knew that Bill Hader had without telling uh, the production company, I think that that was the last season when they filmed it. And, uh, and I also have sort of assumptions based on the subject matter of like the way things could end up, you know, it, it's, how about put, put it this way. It doesn't feel like the kind of show where like everyone, you know, walks off into the sunset and is happy or whatever. Sure, so, sure. and I feel, feel like that's a fair assumption. And also I'm basing that on just my knowledge of the first few episodes, not on anything I saw, mm-hmm. but, uh, I do want to check it out. And it also seems like not a, a daunting amount of, uh, episodes either. No, I think it's what, what four seasons or something. Yeah. All yeah. Kind, of, kind of a little small. And, um, yeah, four seasons like the uh, the gardening company, um, and uh, they talk about that in the show, right? <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Uh, but it's it's a I think it's a very good take on toxic masculinity. Yeah, and it does some weird kind of off putting and um, unexpected flops between comedy and seriousness mm-hmm. and you know usually nails both of them and uh it's it's a strange mix uh the the what kind of emotions you're going to be yeah. feeling and and what you can expect from the next 5 minutes of the show can mm-hmm. you know change drastically yeah and like during the last season I was thinking back to a particular scene that happened in an earlier season and I was like that's the same show Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that episode happened in the same tv show that i'm watching right now that is unbelievable to me anyways yeah check it out check out barry i think it's good and have you seen any tv i have continued to watch fringe and um 
man, that show is so fucking weird. It retcons itself so <laughs> often. And like, I we're in the fifth season now, which is the last season. And it's just like, it is, it just does so many bizarre, like this did happen, but we're pretending like it didn't happen. So now we're kind of retconning the show to make sure it didn't happen stuff where it's just like, it's, I mean, I was watching somebody talk about it and they were like, you can really like, honestly, you know, a lot of shows say like, yeah, you can skip the first season. It's not very good with fringe. It's that the first season is actually pretty decent, but it ends up not mattering because of how much they just kind of retcon things out of existence. And then they always start the season with a new Rube character that all the other characters can like kind of catch that person up on like what has happened. So like in the second seasons, like Meghan Markle and they're like, uh, she's like, wait, what is this? And they all, all feel like, okay, this is, let's catch you up. And then, like, in the fourth season, it's um, Bryce Dallas Howard's husband. And he's just like, wait a minute, what is this place? And it's like, oh, let's catch you up, dude. So there's just, like, a lot of jumping on points. And it really doesn't matter because all this stuff from previous seasons is just like, ah, that, that whatever, that never happened. Forget it. It didn't happen. Just like, uh, it's so, it's like, a, it's, it's good and I like the I like that it's the things I liked about the X-Files was like the interesting mystery stuff but I didn't like how gross and scary it was. Mm-hmm. And with Fringe it can be a little gross, it can be a little scary but it's a little more palatable but it has that kind of like sci-fi mystery element to it. They really went high concept at the end of the 4th season like the like episode 19 of 22 completely veers off into into like 30 years into the future like out of nowhere there's like no prompt to it and it's like supposed to be a preview for season five but it's like they drop it in it's episode 19 and then they just go back at episode 20 to what they were doing previous with like no mention of that episode it's just like this show man it's like it tries stuff and i like appreciate the like the kind of bravery to like do that with like a network show at the time but man it just felt very weird and jarring that they were just like what if we just like did a fun thing for like one episode that doesn't like fit at all with this season but yeah oh we're gonna finish it soon so I'll, I'll give a full report on the series soon yeah i never um, i never ended up finishing it but i, I liked what i watched of it and then I just watched the first episode of season two of Star Trek Brave New Worlds, Strange New Worlds, excuse me. Um, I thought it was a fun episode, even though like it gives a very flimsy excuse to kind of like just have Anson Mount sit out the entirety of the episode. Hmm. Like he's diarrhea, diarrhea. He's got bad diarrhea. <laughs> he's just like yeah. He's like hey, I've got to go do this thing. You guys don't don't screw up the enterprise and then they're like we won't and then they of course go and do something to almost screw up the enterprise so it was um it was an interesting like i thought we would like i thought the episode would be kind of interspersed between what the enterprise was doing and what um pike was doing and he just ends up it's just like it's literally the parents going away for the weekend kids don't mess up the house and then at the end of the episode, I don't even think he comes back at the end of the episode and the kids are just like, well, we oh, I guess we pulled it off. It's just like, you know, and it was relying a lot on all the, the, the lesser characters from the show, even though one of them is Spock. Um, lesser it, was a, character. it was a fun episode. I liked I've it. I've heard of that guy. Yeah. 
it was a fun episode. So I, you know, I like Strange New Worlds. I think it's a, it's a, it's a good Star Trek for people who have maybe not watched a lot of Star Trek before. It's a good like, it, it has a little bit of the J.J. Abrams like action, like parts of Star Trek, but it also includes a lot of the Roddenberry like space exploration and science yeah. and stuff like that. So I do like it. I understand if some people don't. It doesn't have like the. Like the parts I didn't like about early Discovery and early Picard was that it was kind of gruesome and like kind of gory and Strange New Worlds doesn't include that kind of stuff. So I do like it. So anyways, best of both worlds without the worst. There you go. That'll do it for TV shows we've seen. Guys, let's talk about the movie we watched this week. Avatar, the way of water. March, kids, everything's going to be just fine. Now go upstairs and pack your bags. We're going to start a new life under the sea. (sighs) That's right. We watched Avatar The Way of Water. Starring the entirety of the cast from the previous movie, including ones that were killed off. <laughs> you got Sam Worthington, Sigourney Weaver. Uh, you got uh, uh, the Stephen bad Lang. guy. The bad, yeah, you got truly. CCH Pounder. Uh, you got uh, Edie Falco, Giovanni Ribisi, uh, Zoe Saldana. So many people. Kate Winslet. That was a surprising one, eh? Hey. Stephen yeah, Lang. I mean, Stephen I, Lang I, I know a lot of people guy. who went and didn't realize that was her. So. I wouldn't have realized if I hadn't seen any of the behind the scenes stuff. In fact, halfway through, I was like, oh, wait, isn't Kate Winslet supposed to be in this? Right. I guess she's probably this character. No, she's just one of the people doing like maybe a culturally appropriating uh, voice in the movie. Um, anyways, <clears throat> what before we get into the plot and stuff of this movie, would you guys recommend people log on to either HBO Max, uh, excuse me, Max, uh, Thank or you. Disney Plus to watch Avatar The Way of Water. Robert, start with you. I would highly recommend that people watch it. Uh, I don't know if you guys will agree, but I think even if you didn't love the first movie, you might like this one more. I think it's doing some better stuff with it. Uh, I'm trying to judge. You guys are making like almost no expressions. Um, <laughs> Andrew's <Our> screen st- <laughs> statue still. Um, no, I just really enjoy this. I also think I'm going to be, it's going to be corny, but when you see this in the theater in 3d and that, that sound booming and it's like encompassing the whole thing, like it's an experience. I think it's a great movie at home. I think it's like some, it's like a whole other beast when you're, when you're in the theater watching it too. Uh, but that being said, I, I really, really, uh, love it. And, uh, yeah, I would definitely recommend people watch it. So Max, what about you? Apparently, I should have watched this one in theaters because I wouldn't as highly recommend it. Uh, I think that it uh, feels overly long and like a retread of the first one. And I don't know what the point of this one was. And I'm not too thrilled for it to go forward, seemingly with the third movie being the second and first movie again. Like this. They did not wrap up the shit they needed to wrap up. What did they need to wrap up? I mean, we'll talk about it. You're just you're just we'll in your intro. <laughs> Andrew, how about you? What'd you think? Uh, I am with Max. I can't. I don't know that I can recommend this movie other than 
if you fucking love Avatar, because what you're getting is Avatar again. It's the same bad guy. It's, you know... Uh, the same, same guy. I would say that they're both different at this point. <laughs> okay, so let's put Robert on mute for a second. Uh, no! Oh, should we go back to the park? <laughs> um, I, yeah, it's... Yeah, so, Dr. Runtime here. This movie's too fucking long. It is punishingly long. Like, I, I can... I can I can sit like for, you know, I, I don't even like watching Endgame at this point in a full sitting. Like it's too like three plus hours is too fucking long. And this movie being 314 and the fact that it is it is. Yeah, it's kind of retreading a lot of the first movie again. And I understand it's been 13 years since the first one came out to when this one came out. So there's probably you have to factor in that some people maybe have not watched the first movie since 2009. I would say probably majority of them have and probably watched it again to get excited for this movie. But boy, oh boy, this, it was just so familiar. I agree with uh, Max, your sentiment of maybe I should have watched this in the theater ring true with me too, because I was like, am I just missing something here? Like I, okay, let's just get into the movie. Sure. And I thought there were parts of this movie that are genuinely beautiful. There are also some parts of this movie. There are, there are also some parts of this movie that are some of the worst CGI I have seen in a major motion picture in my fucking lifetime. Like interesting. I never, I didn't get that from when he's on, when uh, one of the brothers is underwater being traced by that chased by that predator fish. It looked like I was watching like a stop motion, like a, like a, like an FMV from like a, like 1999 computer game. It looked atrocious. Was motion smoothing on? No. <laughs> Shut the fuck up about motion smoothing. I don't actually care. You watch whatever the fuck you want. I'm just asking if that's if that was a contributing it factor. It looked so bad. I, I do think that that's, that was that's wild to me because that to yeah. me, I, I especially I think especially the underwater stuff looks really good I and like could, flows. I think a lot of the underwater stuff did look really good. I do think that Andrew, you probably called out the worst parts of it. I was more reminded of like, and even this is not a terrible comparison, but like when when they were in those little submarines, it looked kind of like the Star Wars guys in their um, like X wings, and you just see kind of space behind them, mm-hmm. and they're shaking the the thing. That is a weird all, effect all... when you see it in theaters because it's you're seeing through that warbly of the the warble of the glass. So there's like an effect on the glass where like you're getting a distortion, and it's also happening in your eyes when you're in 3D. And you're like, like I think Jamie was like, oh, that part was like weird looking to to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, which submarines are you talking about? The ones that are the single, the double pilot ones that are go straight out or the crab mechs? Oh, my God. God. The crab. Oh, the crab mechs. Yeah, they also looked a little bit. Those were <laughs> I don't know how you can't love a movie that has these crab mechs in it. The pull ups. They it, it was another case of like. This is for the purpose of a toy and yep. they really are not doing anything in the movie that the submarines aren't doing uh, and like. Why would they go through so much trouble? There are a lot of questions of like, why would they do this? Well, in the world, why would they do this? Why would this be their choice? Right. What is this supposed to solve? What is the purpose of doing this? There's a lot of that. that I'll happy to answer any of those questions. <laughs> Please do. Uh, but I mean, like the I big one is that shaped like a crab. That 
that well, I think like, like I mean, it, it, having like an exoskeleton, like be able, being able to have like, a, you know, something that can, cause think about it, you have like arms on submarines and things like that too, but it's a much more of like a rigid kind of thing. If you had the technology to have like, I like the little like single suits that the, some of the soldiers wore, you know, the ones that were just like a little stocky, you know, exoskeleton that were on like the deck. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of translates that like, okay, you would have a similar thing where you could have, you know, your arm. They had like the big mechs with knives the size of trees in the first movie. So in that way, it, in that sense, it, it matches up logistically. Plus the reason you would put resources in all those weird water vehicles is because, uh, guys, there's a hot new element on this planet. It's not on Obtanium <laughs> anymore. We're that's old. That's like 13 years old. Now we want Angram, Arm, Arm Grim, which is the yellow... <laughs> Yellow whale juice. You can get sorry, this, you, can get, whale. you can get this much, like a twenty ounce vial from a. They don't huge... say how much that, like how much that, like how much do you need for a single person? Because we haven't said either yet. The stuff that they harvest from the tulkun, I apologize for calling them whales, is like the amber grease from real whales here, but this stops effectively human aging. So it is the most valuable thing. And then he also says. This is worth like 80 million. And I was like, that's a lot of money, but I feel like for like immortality, like that seems too cheap. Andrew, you've gone, you've you're asleep. You've gone to bed. What's going on? Buddy? I I my my main issue with this movie, and it's a largely an issue I had with the first movie, is I think that James Cameron is a terrific action director. I think where James Cameron thinks he's a great director is that he is a he thinks he's like an, a great allegory storyteller. And this is another movie where <clears throat> it's telling a story about colonization in a very sloppy way. And then he threw in whaling. And it's just like the like the kinds of things that he wants to like get across as like a I don't know if he like he has like if he's passionate about like stopping. I, bet, I would, I would bet he is because he, I would I mean, bet he loves he is, the ocean. I would bet he is too. I just think that this movie, it it, it's so ham fisted in telling you that the people who are coming from Earth are just pure evil. Like there's there's only one person in this movie versus like in the last movie I think there was like four who are like ah, well maybe what we're doing here is bad. There's only one person. It's Jermaine doing an absolutely insane American accent. For it's so funny that the captain has like an Aussie or or New Zealand accent, and they're like, <laughs> "No, we can't have him also have another one." It's like, why? Why? It just feels like it would make more sense for there to be a guy that also talks like him. I was distracted um, by Jermaine's accent in the same way I was distracted by Tom Hanks's accent from Elvis. Like it just like it's so <laughs> weird. Like I just couldn't figure out why. It's the scene with Colonel Tom Parker, but. He started talking about uh, Sully, and he's like, he's blue? <laughs> and he's like, when you say Sully, do you mean the guy that landed the plane? <laughs> In the yeah. Hudson? You're talking um, about the hero of the Hudson? What was I going to, what was I just going to say? Oh, uh, I mean, so the whaling stuff, like, I I like that just because I, I like that it's a, it's like an another part of like the planet where like you're in touch with, because they're always in touch with like the dire horses that they ride and the ecrons that they ride so it makes sense when there's these other creatures that are not even like not even the same way like as the elu and the stuff that they just ride around like they are like brothers and sisters to them and they're like even more intelligent than like 
whales and stuff, I think the scientist even says like, oh, there's all these like extra synapses mm-hmm. in their brain. They probably have, you know, more culture and, and stuff that we can't like really comprehend. Um, so I, I personally like that, but it, it makes for like a devastate, like, I don't know about you guys, but like, it's such a sad scene when yeah. they chase down the Tolkoon and spear the mom and then like fucking leave her there. And the, the, her like baby newborn, dies. like dies, just like waiting for her to like, it's, and, and that's it's, the kind of happens with real whales. It's, it's so sad. It is sad. It is sad, but there is too much distracting you from that. Mm-hmm. When the whole point of this happening is this fucking dick measuring contest between two military dudes who refuse to think about things for a few seconds. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, this was the first movie as well. And the entire story is from their perspective over and over and over again, no matter how many other people try and get their perspectives in, you've got the reformed military guy and you've got the military guy who can't be reformed. Those are the two personalities Mm -hmm. that have any uh, sway over it and anytime Neytiri comes in she's the nag who says oh you can't do it this way you like that's wrong you can't do it and then he's like what we gotta and then she's like oh okay <laughs> yes honey oh, let's do it that way like he comes up with the dumbest fucking ideas right that are not going to solve anything just make things worse put a lot of people in danger also this other military guy where the fuck does he get all the like power to 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 like just go on a personal vendetta. Really, there is no benefit to them. After well, they rec- somebody- they recom him on purpose to like send him after him because he's the leader of like he's effectively like the inside man. He knows all the all the stuff that humanity knew going and then in he against effectively the shuts him down. The the guy moves away to a completely different area and he's like, I'm done. All I'm gonna do is I'm I, like gonna- moves away. He's like, bye. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did check the clock and I I know you guys aren't keen on the the length of the movie i don't think they see the water until like 50 minutes and i mean originally like, originally this movie is gonna be called the way to water so it's yeah the be way like, to water yeah. and it was gonna end at 50 minutes and be like there it is all right now maybe for another time um we need to set all that shit up you know i i yeah but like i think so if i if i may i think james cameron where he's best is that he writes movies with pure evil villains and it works when it's the terminator who is a soulless robot or it's alien where it's the xenomorphs who are just killing machines and having villains in this movie be not faceless monsters but like human beings whose sole purpose is to just like kill things like it's it you know like i i am and don't get me wrong whaling is bad i think whaling is evil obviously thank you fucking finally finally i finally said it i'm taking a stand right now and i think it's really brave um and so like i'm not asking for nuance from the characters that are wailing essentially you know like getting this vial of like brain goo that makes people young forever or you know like nuance from stephen lang's character either but having the nuance having nuance being you killed me i'm gonna kill you back (laughs) like it's just well, the the relationship with him and Spider changes over the time, and he, very he does su- like very he does hesitate very like, suddenly in the last thir- like thirty minutes of the movie. This is what I'm worried about from the third movie is that it's going to be more like th- they did that one change in his personality from fr- 
over the course of two movies, he had one personality change, and they're going to continue that trajectory at that pace for the next five fucking movies. I'm so I, I don't think so, but I think there will also be cliche things. So we're kind of dancing around, like, Stephen Lang's character comes back as a Navi, so does his, most of his crew, and now they're, like, bigger and stronger and can, you know, you don't have to have masks. They're going to go and find Sully and, and squash the rebellion finally. Because I, Earth is dying. They didn't mention in the last movie, but, like, this isn't this is no longer just getting resources. This is like we need to repopulate here instead. In a planet so, that is un, that we cannot survive on without special technology. Yes. This well, sounds, I'm assuming there's some sort of terraforming idea in mind. This but sounds the, exactly like what real humans are yeah. genuinely doing. Yeah. Well, right and now. it's and like that's a thing in aliens, right? They kind of go and start, you know, re-terraforming planets. So I think there is a little bit more of like humanity in general, like are probably willing to be like, oh, there's these like native creatures that are sort of human-like but if we get rid of them and they stop attacking us like we can live on like a new earth like okay that's fine we'll we'll deal with that i'm not i don't agree with that i'm just saying like they, they if your planet the, is dying like i get have the that. ability put put all of your your uh brain power all of your memories all of your ideas into crab uh, beings that can <laughs> live on this planet so you don't have to wipe them out in order to come and, and populate it like I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, there, but there's, you know, they've got to make humanity kind of stupid in the sense that like we are dumb and selfish and we probably would do something, you know, like this. It, it would be easier to, it would be easier to wipe them all out and just completely like, it's horrifying that opening scene when they send down like those boosters with like the mobile kind of like garages and it just like destroys like so much more of the forest than they did in the whole first movie. It's wild. I'm not saying humans aren't this dumb, but the, the but presenting it in a movie, I guess, clarifies that it's dumb. Um, I don't think th this necessarily was the point of James Cameron, but maybe it was, right? Like, if you come down and you burn this whole planet, it's also going to be ruined exactly mm -hmm. like Earth was. Like, the, the stuff that, that is clear to everyone who doesn't have a billion dollars in their pocket, uh, like, that, that you can't just go to another planet and do the same shit that you did here and expect that it that it's going to go well especially when that planet is already devastated before you get there in terms of human life being sustainable on it um sure. i mean i i'm i'm wrong that they didn't say earth is sick in the first movie i think that's sully's opening lines is like we needed to find a new home and we found pandora and it was close enough or had enough space and it also has this material that makes the material this is all supplemental is like what makes the like world spanning maglev trains on earth work so even though earth sucks like they use that material so much for like sustaining travel and life basically uh which is wild wild stuff um i don't i don't know i i just like it you guys <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed you're allowed to like that's, that's it cool. and yeah. and like Here's here's what I I I know I'm coming down really hard on the movie it's and okay. ultimately what I was trying to say is I think that history will be I, on my side but keep going I never, think, never bet against Cameron I don't okay I was wrong I was wrong truly like when I said that I didn't think this movie was going to do well I would like to say that I was wrong because this movie ended up doing like two fucking billion dollars um but I think Cameron is not good at writing villains and I think like the villains in this movie are really like they're just so surface level evil that I don't think that the story that he's trying to tell through the villains being so bad works because I think it's just really sloppy and lazy. And I think like that works when it's 
aliens, when it's the Terminator, like these yeah, like I, things I that don't have I, like you don't they don't need more of a motivation than just kill, kill, kill. But you, but then you do do you not think it's not? I, I don't know. I I guess I don't need Miles Corich to be like. <laughs> I think ki- wanting to kill the man that literally killed you, like betrayed your race for the aliens in the first movie, like is not bad. And it is wrapped into a mission. Like, yes, he wants to like stab him in the heart and kill him, but it is the military is sending him out. They're like, so, you know, he, you know, makes these strategic attacks on us. We need to have him on the run. And it's to the point where he's like, if we stay in the, you know, in the hallelujah mountains or in the forest part, like they are going to fucking kill everyone that we have made friends with and love. So I would argue that there is some changes as far as like Sully's like, I don't want to fight. I want to leave and disappear and not have to deal with this guy. Um, and I also think that there is some stuff with Quaritch by the end that is, I, I think you guys are saying it comes a little too late, but like once he knows that spider is his kid, he still doesn't have a familial connection. He's just like, okay, well I'm taking you kid. And then by the end, there is just like the smallest tinge of like, there's a lot going on in that last kind of half hour. And <laughs> Can we also, oh, sorry, Max, it sounds like you want to say something, but I do want to talk about like what we all feel about Spider, but say what you want to say first. Uh, yeah, I, I think we can, uh, we'll, we'll go back to that. We can come but, together like, then. So, uh, so that the, the villain character in the first movie, a lot of people already had the critique, you know, he's just this one-sided character and he's just gung-ho, hoorah, um, military fight, fight, fight. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but some people are like that. Some people are very one-dimensional people, and so it is... That's who you it, want in charge of your alien-killing Marines on another planet. Yeah, so it, at that time, I was just like, okay, yeah, he's gung-ho and he's going to do it. In this movie, though, they continue it for another three fucking hours, and a lot of the decisions that he's making don't make sense and then are certified by other people who should know better. Like, it's okay for him to be that stupid and for him to be that uh, personally invested in killing this guy. But when he has chased him away out of the area that they're going to go, there's a lot of stuff that just wrapped up in this is so fucking stupid. They, uh, they, like, burn the whole place down, like you say, when when the things are dropping in, they completely burn the village. All those uh, mountain folks move up to the sky or the forest uh, yeah, yeah. people move up to the sky and start attacking, right? And so they do send him out in order, the the new blue guy, uh, given a new lease on life and still very angry uh, to, to stop them from attacking the human colony, right? And uh, destroying their, their trains and stuff. So that makes sense up to that point. Uh, then Jake Sully decides, well, I'm going to leave here because they're coming after us. We're going to start our new life under the sea. As if they weren't coming after all the Navi, right? Like him leaving is not going to save them. Right. Really. They may have, they may have killed all those forest Navi like off screen for all we know. Yes. Like that, that is, is not saving them. And then also like it, it might save them from that one hunter, right? That one uh, angry man. So that angry man then does follow him and, and goes and, and chases him off. So I guess the original forest people just completely stopped doing anything uh, to protect their tribe from the humans uh, or they got demolished, right? Either way, Sully leaving didn't do any change except for bringing the blue guy to another spot. That blue guy then has the, the military backing the entire time to do whatever. 
to take over um, huge platforms, whaling operations, stuff where they're making a ton of money, and then point that towards a guy that's not even fucking bothering them anymore mm-hmm. whatsoever, take all resources away from that. Like they have a source of eternal life and they give that up in order to fight a guy that is that he's that mad at has, that he's mad at yeah. that they've sworn that he's not going to do anything to, to, to mess with the earth people anymore. Why are the, the people on earth saying, yeah, That's go ahead, fine. go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, keep it up, keep it up. This is a good idea. Your personal vendetta is way more important than eternal life on earth. It would be, like, it would be totally different if there was two separate factions of bad humans. Like if the, yes. if the whaling people were, were being dealt with in a separate fashion than Colonel whatever. And, and his Mary McGrade of, of other evil avatars. Like it, it just, the fact well, that they wait were for number three, the fact that they were on the same, the same boat and like doing the same stuff and like just like okay now that we're done with your whaling thing let's go kill my enemy and it just yeah it was that whole thing felt very sloppy and tacked on to me it was also very funny that you know after we've uh recently watched uh battleship where like there's blue and green like evil bad and good you know it's just like there's the red one's bad blue one's good that there was different colors of flying dragons that the bad avatars were flying <laughs> on so that you could distinguish them between the dragons that the good avatars are flying on. It was just like, were the um, guns not enough of a giveaway that the bad ones were the bad ones? Technically those aren't dragons. Uh, yeah. They're those are Ikron. They're Ikrans. Ikrans. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, I, I didn't remember that because I Banshees do, as the humans call them. I do have a friend named Ikron. So that was a very fun little thing to see on the, <laughs> on the screen. But, um, well, let's because we're we're getting in the weeds a little bit. I want to ask, like, what did you guys think of Spider? Oh, you mean uh, Adrian Brody's Rasta Man come back? Yeah, <laughs> he reminded me of uh, of the little kid throwing the boomerang in. Um... Oh yeah, that's a good comparison in a uh, Mad Max Two. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, yeah, he's... I so, did. Is this did this character exist in the first one as a baby? No, or, no. Well, he existed because he was that. a baby. But when everyone, ha- when the humans got pushed off of or off of Pandora, he was he was at the age where he was literally too young to go in a cryopod. Did they explain who's the mom and when did this hookup happen? I think Quaritch just got got down. Who's your daddy and what does he do? And and who's the mom? Was she a character at all? No, but we also don't know who Kiri's father is, so it's all up in the air right now. Also, I didn't understand that. So, Kiri, you have this this clone that is young, a younger clone, or it's an actual. It's, it's a... so when when Grace Augustine died in the first movie, they tried to connect her to the, like the mother tree or whatever, and it didn't work. But her body, you know, her body, her avatar body was still there. Her human body was still there, and apparently, they kind of gloss over it pretty quick in the starting. They sure to talk do. About their family. <laughs> yeah. But hey, I mean, this is seeding the third and fourth movie, or whatever. They said, like, somehow, like, she was, like, pregnant. Like, her body was pregnant. We put her in the stasis, and she gave birth to Kiri, who is sort of seems like, I mean, she's obviously, she's played by Sigourney Weaver. I love her in this role, oh, too. So that, so that was the actual uh, uh, dead Sigourney Weaver in that tube. Y- yes, the, her avatar body, yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Because her real body is what would they put next to the world tree and the vines went on it, but it was too late. It wasn't able to like recover her. With three and a half fucking hours, you feel like they could spend some time developing, at least explaining who the fuck their main characters are in the second movie. There would be more of an explanation than just somehow it happened. Somehow Kiri returned. Um, Well, but I mean, but knowing that this is supposed to span a couple other movies, I understand them like making that mysterious. And from the character's point of view, they don't know yet either. Like Jake's like, we, it's, she's a miracle. Like we don't know how she was born of that. Like we know that avatars and, uh, but I don't even know what I'm seeing visually. Like, I, I guess I must've like had some other question in my mind. You're seeing like D age Sigourney Weaver face on a smaller avatar body. I guess because we're, we're we're working with uh, a lot of, concepts that don't exist in real life we're dealing with cloning we're dealing with avatars jumping into a body we're dealing recording your consciousness and bringing it back i like that scene of course being like hey you didn't see this in the first movie but they said i might die in this battle so i backed myself up like (laughs) it's like all right that's convenient (laughs) but for all the exposition hey rabisi get in here for a quick second you need to make a cameo in this movie cameo he's like come on all right okay i'll tell you all about this anyway no obtaining anymore it's just this little thing blah blah and then immediately gorgeous like all right all right i gotta get out of here here. okay you've made your paycheck get out of here (laughs) see you in avatar Um, 3 so that yeah the curie thing's up in the air i think it's i mean it's obvious from the movie that like well, I think it's obvious to me that like she has a very strong connection to Awa or or is maybe like the like divine like birth of Awa. Like I feel like Awa might be the father. And when they tried to connect Sigourney Weaver's character in the first movie, it basically like gave made her avatar body have a child ostensibly. Yeah, and it's I, sort okay. of like her 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 to avatar in on the planet, like a physical being that can move around and affect things. Cause by the end she's going nuts when she makes that sub, the, the, the anemones grab the sub and the guys like get out and they're like, Holy shit, this is sucks. And then it starts tearing them apart. Like she vibes with the fish to the point where she doesn't even know she has to get up and have air. Like, okay, let's, let's, let's return to spider. We, we've kind of sure. gotten a little bit off course. Uh, so the, the human boy, who gets I I like that character. I like the idea that there's a human boy that has kind of been like you know Abandoned. he's he's he has lived with the Navi to this point where he just feels like he is a part of the I mean so you know it's sort of the physical embodiment of cultural appropri- appropriation in a certain way that you know the movie maybe does very clumsily. Um but like I I like the idea that he's felt more attached to this family. I like that the dreads are fucking atrocious. Like, I just, I don't know why <laughs> of all things people are, everyone's got is rocking dreads. So I, he's going to emulate that. He puts the blue tats on and, or paint or whatever he has on. Um, I do think the impressive, cause I don't really love the character and I can tell where they're going with it, where I'm mad at spider for kind of jumping around a lot, saving Korich at the end, uh, but not staying with him. Like he's still like, he, he feels like he owed him or he, he needed to, to return the favor of saving his, his skin, but that's going to, that's really going to fuck everything up. I'm, I'm sure Max was pissed when it was like, well, we could have wrapped up Quaritch here, but we nope, could have killed the villain. Um, <laughs> and, but, and I also my... predict, I also predict that Quaritch, there's going to be like Quaritch and Sully have to team up to yes. fight. That's Someone what else. I don't want. That's what I'm so fucking pissed about. They're probably going to do that. I do not want, and I I know it's inevitable. Oh, uh, maybe they won't because it, for that. Well, they definitely. Like, they, I mean, they I definitely disagree. are. 
maybe they won't because it seems to me like too much has happened at this point where like there has to be some sort of different who knows though because i know what you guys are saying too about cameron but like some of the broad strokes some of the the things that are seem pretty shallow as far as like you know plot points like they're also unfortunately crowd pleasers like people understand those motifs even when they're repeated multiple times in movies so like the villain that you know has a change of heart at the end as a trope and then also like I mean, all all the Fast and Furious movies at this point are a villain that eventually becomes an ally, yeah. right? And it but just that, it works for people. Fun. That's fun. <laughs> I but agree. At this, but at this too. point, it's hard to imagine. Like, you think Ndiri wasn't enjoying Jake's, you know, interjections in this one? I think it'll be hard to be like, honey, guess who's coming for dinner? And then like, Quaritch walks in. And she's like, oh, not again. Like, I know it's like, not going to be well, fun for her. <laughs> it's not going to be fun for us as the audience to watch. Ndiri. Well, don't tell me that. For, to watch Natiri say, "Oh, you killed my son," and he's like, "Yeah, I killed your son," and then I bragged about it. Uh, but this time, we're gonna be buds. I would like he to say, but I did. would like to say, assuming that by you know the fourth or the fifth movie, whenever this happens, that there's any sort of agency left within Natiri's character whatsoever, because they uh, they all but fridged her in this movie, and like oh, wow. she, I, I, I think she's got a little more going on, but less than in the first movie. It's definitely not Natiri's movie. She's she's going she's wild. The, she's a nag. That like that is her role in there is to nag Jake Sully just to to have him say like, "Have you gone too far?" And then for him to say, "No, I haven't gone far." And then enough. she's like, "You're that's right, like, honey. You're right." Point. And then her other uh, bit is to scream and go wild. Yeah, that's it. And not even about like, it's just like when she goes above and shoots arrows into people in the cockpits, that's just like the best. It's cool. The action scenes with her are cool, but as a character, she has no character. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've destroyed her. It's a, I mean like this is a movie. It's about two male characters. There is the, there's the bad, there's the bad army guy. And then there's the other bad army guy who became a good avatar guy. Like it's just like, but, but it's still a fucking idiot. Yes. all the wrong choices and really puts a lot of people right like there's a there's a scene early in the movie where like he's yelling at his kids and Natiri is like I don't think you should be yelling at them he goes they need it they need training and she's kind of goes yeah you're right it's just like that's and that's no I think she goes like she says like they're not your squad they're your family and like I know you want to protect them and them to be like skilled but like you have to find a middle ground because you can't keep treating them like that and that's why Natam is like the good little soldier and Loak's like Nah, like I hate having to do what my dad says. Like I should be able to go out off on my own. So, I know that I know that's what they're trying to convey. I know they put a lot of that stuff in there to like to to say there's there's more depth to this, but all of it is like right there on the surface. And when you actually look at what these characters are doing, they're basically just following along really bad ideas of two military men. Yes. Yeah. I so yeah, again, I I think I said this before. I feel I feel like I'm coming down harder on this movie than I mean to. I think if I mean like I if I were to like give this movie a star rating out of 5, I think it's like a 3 out of 5. Like I I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's it's watchable if not too long. Um and some of the CGI I think is bad. But like I ultimately like I think it's a it's a it's good maybe just kind of okay actually but like i i think i'm just less in love with the avatar world and the and all the characters and stuff 
And like this movie primarily being about like it's at this point, the bad guys are Navi, the good guys are Navi. So it's just it's mostly CGI at this point. And I don't know if something's happened to my eyes that allows me to think that CGI just generally looks bad now. Like we we've come down on the CGI, like most of it. I, I mean, like, there's, okay, there are parts of this movie, like, when they're coming out of the water and you can see, like, the water glistening off of them, it looks good. I didn't, I'm not saying that the entirety of the movie looks bad, but there are scenes, and I was, like, looking forward to the water stuff, because I was like, man, maybe it's just, like, that some it's of like these, the like... the hardest thing to animate, or at least when we were growing up, it felt well, like... Well, that's what I was like, I bet the water stuff's gonna look fucking great, and, like, some of the stuff when they're swimming just looks jerky and weird, and I just, like, I wow. couldn't understand why it looked like that and i was just like maybe i just think all cg and when i say this i know it sounds like i'm probably coming down on on cgi artists who are underpaid and overworked and i don't think that the treatment that they get is fair and so like i'm not coming down on the artists themselves i think they're oftentimes overworked and not given enough of a window to actually do the work that they want to do on this stuff they only had 13 years yeah, so hopefully with Avatar 3 coming out in 2025, that'll be a plenty of time for them to render that movie. Well, I do but, think they're working on both at the same time. Like, I think when this was coming out, they were at work, had filmed some of them, were working on other. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But um, I, I, I happen to disagree with Andrew on this. I think most of the CGI looked very good, very impressive. And a, a lot of the stuff that you saw in here that you might not have realized was CG or like how they went about doing it was actually like very new, very creative. And it was interesting the way I, I think seeing some of the behind the scenes stuff kind of maybe it, uh, maybe it influenced me in a way that like I'm biased now having, having watched it, but some of the stuff was uh, really cool and how they were able to get eyes to match up. So have like people looking at people who are a different size than them mm-hmm. and in certain parts that you probably didn't realize were CG were like, spider half the time would have would have been cg rather than human and mm-hmm. like probably except he was composited in which that's why i wanted to mention is like i think the the success of spider is that like he jumps off the roof onto a bar and then down onto a catwalk on the ship and also behind him are two navi guys and the big banshees sitting on the deck and they're talking to another human and i'm like so is the catwalk they're on real is that cg is it all green screen if, if you took all the layers away having it's always a thing of like if it's just Natiri and, and Suli, Jake Suli running around the forest, that's easy. Well, easy, but it's all CG, so it just all looks like it fits. Once you have stuff composited in and a human next to another character and you can tell that they're CG or not, you know, whatever, it, it takes you out of it. And this is movie a movie where it just like it blurred it so hard. It's the closest I've ever come to just like the line of the uncanny valley is like ble- bleeds away. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like yeah. the detail, like... He's wrapping his hand with that leather strap before he goes on that, you know, that glide wing for the first time. And like the water coming off and I'm like, they could have just like filmed someone with a blue hand and it would have worked and it would have been easier just to have him in the water. But I'm just taking I think like you're taking for granted that like everything you're seeing or is most of it is produced in a computer or is touched up that way. And you almost can't tell. There's a few things when the train crashes in the beginning the cars kind of clonk in this way where I was like, eh, that doesn't really look, but also I've never seen a maglev space train crash. So I don't know, but a few little things like that, but almost so few, I feel like so much of it was just incredible looking to me. I just, I I'm coming. I, I guess where I'm coming from is I, I feel like we have been 
rightly harsh with some of the CGI that has come out of Marvel, some of the mm-hmm. CGI that has come out of DC, and uh, all these other big budget things that I feel like are are the are the direct the the victims are the visual arts department who are overworked and underpaid and and um when I when I say that I just think like there's just parts of this movie that for a for a movie that is going to be 90% CGI there are parts of this movie that I think look really messy and like unfinished and like I there were parts of it where I was like I feel like I'm watching a cutscene from Final Fantasy 10 and like oh. I and you know like is this Blitzball? Yeah, yeah, Waka comes on. Hey, brada. Um, also, I did. I was like uh, when the when the uh, Navi children were all talking to each other. I was like, whoa, am I watching a scene from Barry? The amount of times they're calling themselves bro, bro, bro. Fucking, I did not expect to hear bro that much in this movie. It is. Unbearable. They also say butthole. Butthole. Okay, there was. I was expecting. There was a. There's a few things where I was like, the English that they chose to teach these kids, butthole, <laughs> uh, bro, and then the one that I was really surprised by is, and it's the only note I took on the movie, was Kiri is getting tied up by one of the uh, Navi human people, oh. and she calls him a perv. Yeah, she's like, he's like, stand up, princess. She's like. Don't call me princess, you perv. I was like, that's a word that in the years I, preceding, they they taught her the word pervert. I love Sigourney Weaver as Kiri. I love teenage Sigourney. It's so it's it such was a, a, an interesting performance. That to was me. a really that was an, that was an interesting choice to have Sigourney Weaver voice a teenager. That was <laughs> I, I and you know what? God, I, to me, it worked. It's like Cameron is a madman, it, and somehow it worked for me. Um, and I, even though the, it's all mysterious, still what what's going on there. Well, I'm sure we have to wrap it up. I feel like we didn't even touch on the Metkayina clan and uh, all of the water Navi, and we didn't talk about Hayakon. This is the first time we're saying his name, but he's such a big character, and I'm kind of mad that you guys haven't talked about Payakon. But... I Okay, I'll say I'll say really quickly, Payakon's my favorite character in the movie. Payakon rules. He is he's a like... character. He's not just a whale. He's a Tolkoon who is, I will hope, will have more screen time. I mean, remember the some of the, like, uh, supposed names of future movies were one was the seed bearer. Oh, it's going to be a good one. One was the Tolkien writer, which I think will be Loak. So, okay. I'm a little confused at how they communicate. Um, I don't know if we're wrapping it up, we're wrapping it up. Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm just, they, they, he blinks at one point, this whale blinks and they put a subtitle on Tolkien. Tolkien. He, so he, yeah. Uh, I don't know. JR. He makes clicks and stuff and he's like signing. So I don't, but, they, they have a way to communicate. Yeah. The, he's signing to the whale and then the whale blinks his eyes and they put subtitles down. Yeah. At the bottom. There's a little that, bit of that part. I think he's like clicking too. Off. I think that is part of it is they're hearing the, the sounds they're making are kind of part of the language. I don't think it's it just really, blinks. Both of them pick up on that communication pretty damn quick, There's, which that's fine, but it's also they later. So they have this thing in the universe where you just, attach your your hair piece to the other person's hair piece and mm-hmm. these whales have the two dangly bits that come out of every creature that you can mm-hmm. uh, shove your stuff into and then they ignore that they don't they don't communicate that way until way later on and then it's like weird those it's in their throat nubby bits don't yeah don't do the connection it's in their throat and you have to swallow a creature in order to to speak to it i well i think 
the the Every tentacle ones on the side are probably for like connecting if you were going to actually ride them whereas this one seems to be like a mental more of a mental connection what what's up Andrew? um the tentacles in the first movie is not not is that not how they fuck also so this is a thing where when they re-released avatar in theaters right before this one they included like s- extra scenes and one was natiri and jake like making love but like connecting their tails and the idea is just like that you're like connected on like a spiritual level and have like you know and sensory level too it's sort of like how they fuck in demolition man too the, the, well, the, the VR <laughs> glasses but in the initial original theatrical release it was just that you connected to that to that to a banshee or a dire horse to ride it and connect to it and have like the extra sort of and, control and fuck it well that's where i think it's confusing and i don't think they should have added that where it's like I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's like, okay, you have a stronger connection. So you're, if you're having sex and you're connected at the same time, it's even more uh, play, pleasurable. And I hope most of the third movie is that. <laughs> yeah, um, a little more else <laughs> explanation about I, that. But I do think it just, it, it was, <clears throat> it was funny that they kept that out and they were like, that's a bridge too far. Because I do think it, it's confusing to be like, hey, I'm riding this horse, but I'm not fucking it. I just want to, you know, feel its hooves in the grass. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but it sounds like you're getting sounds there. Sounds like you're getting a little, a little more bit. out of this than, uh, no, 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 no. Then, it's just a... And then once they've introduced that, and before they've introduced, you have to go inside this whale's uh, mouth in order to communicate with it. The whole time I'm thinking, why not just plug your, your shit into this whale when the whale's like out there and they're like, this whale's a killer. We can't believe that this whale's any good he's like i i've talked to him when pay he, no attention know, to the blink. whale's blink so i know he's trying to tell us something but uh don't look at it <laughs> yeah he's blinking and clicking but don't listen uh but i was just like yeah why not plug it in and just show him you know hey this is what i felt you can you can feel exactly what this person's feeling see all the visions of them you have that ability to lay it out there and then still nobody believes it that doesn't make any sense to me yeah well it's also just like what they believe where it's like even if he was justified in attacking the humans, they're not supposed to. So he's outcast. So I don't care if you show me a vision of him, you know, rightfully, you know, be, having his, you know, other two Klo-Koon attack and taking his revenge. He wasn't but supposed then to. once they hear about it, they're like, oh, well, he's got an excuse. So it's fine. Let's bring him back into the group. Like, they, it doesn't make any, and then they're like, we're against killing in, in any circumstance. Now let's go fly and kill, like, kill every <laughs> single human being uh in this boat let's just smash him against the rocks but we don't want this whale to do it and we're gonna we'll do it yeah it just doesn't there's too many of those things that don't make sense you have this ability you don't use it you have like this reasoning for doing it it doesn't make any sense you there's there's too many questions i think okay i'll answer them all in the next episode don't worry i think uh i think where we're coming down ultimately is i think there's too much about the movie that doesn't make sense for max and i to like really sign off on it and I think Robert, you have you like the movie. I'm, dr- I'm drinking the Pandora you, juice. You've my dr- man. Yeah, you're drinking Pandora juice. You have your tentacle wrapped into James Cameron's butthole, and uh, it's just like it's real. Real quick before yeah, yeah. we wrap up, this is the re- this is what re- really sold me on. Like I was like, this part is great when they're walking across those platforms that are like trampoline bridges. I loved that great visual. Yeah, I would. I was like, I would live on Pandora. When it happens, and also, is that any happen. of that a set? Because that, that seems like it could all just be CG too, and it's just like crazy to me. Like, no, that's that's yeah. why I'm impressed by the CG. I don't know. It was There's the first so time. It was the first time all those people that like were like depressed because they couldn't live in Pandora. Is the first time Max like felt that like, Avatar. I, that. I was like, I'm sold. All right, this trampoline thing. If I can't live on Pandora, kill me. Like, this, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> this this is cool. I yeah. want trampoline bridges. Yeah. 
Well, like I said, I think Max and I kind of are a little more skeptical. I I feel fatigued about this. Like I don't I'm not excited about a third movie. I think like maybe by the time 2025 rolls around I might feel different. But I was not excited for another one after this. Robert, I think you probably are still excited. I'm all for about it. I'm excited for the Fire Navi. Three, three four, uh, and five. And I hope <laughs> that we will. I, I would honestly, if we could all make somehow make it happen and go to the theater for the third one, I would love it. I know you guys will walk out after the first 20 minutes. After, they the, after to the, the first three and a half hours of the movie, we might. Yeah, because they haven't gotten to the Fire Land yet. Yeah. But uh, I think it's going to be good. Like I said, don't don't bet against Big James. Well, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.